what's going on people what is going on you are now tuning in to the six man combo i hope you enjoy let's get it going on people what is going on as you already know this is tuesday night which means you are now tuning in to the six man convo and i am your host the six man k styles and we tuning in with your boy to the right AKA my stage left. Bad my sports. The mad scientist. Ooh yeah. Dig it. Dig it, brother. Now Mike, how do we always start these shows off? We gotta give them a little bit of that real ish. You know what I'm talking about? With that real. And today's roll call gonna kick it off with Joseph Thornton YMOF Jamal Darnell Partridge Tev Sports and Gaming Boomer Falcon Melvin Emery Eric Mack John Higgins we got Big Ant aka AFN's Big Ant in the building you make sure you show him some love over there we got Site 16. We got our homie Red Swarm, Silas Draven in the building. We got another one of our player partners, Noah, the professor. You definitely make sure you go ahead and show him some love. Got ATL Leo, Low Ski, Jerry Bowie, Nathan Floyd, D. Coleman, Devon is back in the building. Uh, so y'all better be y'all good behavior because if you coming in with that sucker stuff, um, he's going to let you have it. It's not going to be just him, though. We got the Falcon Therapist in here, too. He'll let you know real quick. So don't bring that sit your goofy head down energy on me because you will get the business. We got Bubba Gump, Pamela Johnson, Keyshawn Vlad. 
We got my homie, let's get it, GA, T Boogie 89. Hey, man, we got Miss Maggie T in the building. So, let's go ahead and finish this off. Three, two, Okay, what's going on, people, man? I see a couple comments already. Um, uh, Maggie, you had to get with me. I don't know how to do the admin thing. Uh, I, uh, I don't know. I might. You might have to help me out with that. And I see D. Coleman already talking about Mirag. Let me see. Hold on. Let me see something. Nah, it's navy and blue. I got a black and gold <laughs> one, but... This is navy and blue. Let me see. You know what he's trying to say. Don't start that bullshit. Don't start. You know what he's trying to say. Nah, he was trying. He was trying to see if I wasn't. I was wearing a, a, a black. Oh, and gold. oh, 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 we know. Mm-hmm. We'll do that up in here. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nah, it's navy and gold, man. For unfortunately, the ass, the the quote unquote score ass whooping at the. Yellow Jackets face against Clemson, which, by the way, the score doesn't really tell you the full story of that game. But we're not here to talk about that right now, man. We're going to go ahead and get straight into it. As we already know, the Atlanta Falcons have released their first official season depth chart. Um, let me see. I want to do it. I'm going to do it a little different tonight as far as. Hey, I'm about to say you can hear me, right? Oh, yeah, brother. All right. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. We're going to, I'm going to take a page out of the professor's handbook with this. So shouts out to the professor. All right. So hold on. We might have to zoom in a little bit. Tell me if you can see. Tell me if it looks like way better clear. Oh, my. Hold on. Let me see. Just, just in general. Let me see. Okay. It look, okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Much better. That's good. All right. Now. For a lot of us that know the starters for this game is going as follows. You have Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Jake Matthews, and Elijah Wilkinson. Mm-hmm. Looks like Drew Dahlman is penciled in as the starter. Hmm. We're going to talk about that here soon. Chris Landstrom, Caleb McGarry, Alameda Zacchaeus as the wide receiver, too. And Cordero Patterson at running back, Keith Smith fullback, Marcus Mariota. So let's go ahead and kind of stick with the offense here for a little bit. 
I know you see that on the list. The one kind of shocker that I saw. Drew Dahlman overtook Matt Hennessy's spot. Mm. What do you think that could have been? As we already know, Hennessy was kind of on the fence as far as where this regime was looking for from him because he's technically not their guy that they picked. This is what Drew Dahlman was. He was he was a this this regime pick, especially at center. Now, does that mean that Matt Hennessy did not show enough in a certain aspect to where Drew Dahlman shined at? What you got? What's your take on that, Mike? Drew Dahlman and Matt Hennessy. And by the way, um, everybody, um, we're going to be doing the um, cash app um, so we can get Matt Hennessy um, some, some Hennessy bottles because um, I know he's crying in the car that he lost his spot. So go ahead, Mike. So the question everyone needs answered. And to take and steal the words of my little personal protege and is why? why 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 did Matt Hennessy get a job taken? Well, that's quite simple. I don't think it has anything to do with favoritism. I want my guys in there. When you look at Matt Hennessy, he does nothing spectacular. He does nothing well. He does nothing well. Everything is on a okay level. When you're in an offense that's fit to run the ball first, and be physically dominating, you have to do something well. Does anybody know anything about Matt Hennessy other than he was a Dan Quinn guy? That's the problem. Drew Dahlman is and has been great as a run that's what he's been great at getting to that second level getting ahead on people and moving furthermore when you look at the design of the Atlanta Falcons offense is meant to run the damn ball so that's the reason why Matt Hennessy is no longer the starting center for the Atlanta Falcons. It's not because of favoritism and they just want their guys. And Arthur Smith can give two flying F-U-C-K-S's about what and who is doing the job. As long as it gets the, the job gets done, that's what he cares most about. So 
that's what I've seen in the preseason is that Drew Dahlman just gets it done in the running game. And for what the Falcons need this year, they need to establish. Uh, they need to do one uh, uh, work case styles. What they need to do? Oh, yeah. Run the damn ball. Simple as that. Uh, yeah, yeah, Simple that. I did. Yeah, that 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 was that was my falsetto on that one. So, hey, I hope y'all like that. That that was some falsetto. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you would think that Hennessy kind of had that had the leg up, especially with being the more experienced of the two. But like you said, this is just one of those cases where he did not stand out. Covet that respect to get that spot, which is unfortunate. Um, you said the key word here. Hennessy may have been good for a passing offense, foul offensive team like the Falcons last year, but as we was watching some of the preseason games and we was kind of noticing some stuff on tape. It's like with Drew Dahlman knows how to get to that second level real quick. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily the most physically imposing guy that you would have at center. Mud Duck wasn't physically opposing either, mm-hmm. but he was smart. Mm-hmm. He knew how to get to that second level. Now, I'm not saying Drew Dahlman is Mud Duck. And for folks in the back that don't know who Mud Duck is, we talking about top floor. You just necessarily have to be in the right place at the right time. And this is exactly where Hennessy tend to struggle at. So they like, man, we're not finna take no chances. We we finna see what Dalman got right here right now. Now Dalman doesn't show anything within the first few games, then you might see that switch all over again. But this is Dalman's opportunity to put his stamp on his position on the offensive line. Now, let's get into a few of these comments. Let me get to a couple of these comments right quick. Just after that, Wilson, if you got anything else to add on the offensive side of the ball, we can go straight to the defense. But um, D. Coleman here said, Hennessy did not help Mayfield grow as a guard. May as well see what Dalman can do. Hopefully he can fix his snaps. Very good point. At times. Is it the two clashing styles and mentalities? What do you think on that comment, Mike? Um, I, I think that's a, a, a fair point. Um, I think he's right on. 
Uh, the, the thing is, for the center, the center is supposed to be an aid to not only the guards, but the tackles as well. Um, you have to call things out. You have to see things. You have to be the help. You have to be the eyes and the ears of the quarterbacks. Hell, even the senses of the quarterback and the offensive alignment around you. And like that's when you look at um, Matt Hennessy, that's been something that he doesn't have a ton of experience with. Um, he's not a guy um, that played in the traditional system, uh, uh, a West Coast system. When you look at Chris Dahlman, that's exactly Chris Dahlman. I'm talking about his dad. Like that. I mean, I, I throw that in there. I accidentally threw that in there. He got the pedigree. He got the pedigree. Let's just call it what it is. He got the pedigree. His dad understands it. He understands what it takes to be, you know, to be, to have that pressure on because you got that guy, your father, you living, trying to live up to the, what he's done in his career. And Chris Dahlman one of those guys is like, like, look, he, 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 he get at you. He's a physical guy. He's tough. Uh, when he played and drew is that pressure, that pressure being, you know, son of a football player. The same thing with Grady Jarrett is dealing with that. Like you got, you know, carve out your own lane. And um, I, I think that what it come down to when you're living up to a certain standard, it puts that added, like I said, it put that added pressure uh, and fight towards you. I want to be better than what my dad, my brother, my, my sister, like it, it puts you, in a different mindset. I think that's something when you look at uh, Matt Hennessy, one other thing that added to that besides the pedigree. That heart. Heart. I never once saw Matt Hennessy angry. I never once saw him punch a a defender in the face, show some emotion, hit somebody after the whistle. Never once seen something on the field that stood out to me and say, God damn, Hennessy is it. Mm. But when I look at Darman, I see him in that red zone. You can see it click. You can, when you see him, if, when you see him in his take, Drew Darman in the red zone turns into an animal. He knows how to move and get to the second level. And that's what it's about for the United Falcons, getting into the red zone, putting that ball into the end zone. And that's what Dharma is good at, is getting to the second level, getting ahead on those linebackers and moving them out the way. Mm. Uh, Poli TV here said that that center position caught him off guard as well. Um like you said, at the end of the day, it's all about the mindset. But there's another thing that I want to talk about on this offense before we move on. Let me go ahead and put this back up for those that don't mind. And that's OZ as the wide receiver, too. And even though we did have the trade for Brian Edwards, looks like Brian Edwards is going to be the backup X receiver behind Drake London. Now, 
Some about this right here is very interesting as the reason why I say that is because OZ, you would normally think of him as a slot receiver personified for what Arthur Smith is trying to do here, which is kind of giving me the vibes of we're going to see a lot more Kyle Pitts on the outside than we did than what the depth chart says. Now that's not saying that Kyle Pitts is going to be exclusively outside, but this is where those motions and those movements, as far as the misdirection of these formations can play dividends because with OZ and I know we talked about him kind of being a midget out there. He the small guy out there. But as much as him being the small guy out there, is he's really one of the main ones out of all the receivers we had kind of had last year. Not only is he the most experienced as far as the Falcon culture here and what Arthur Smith has. Because we got we got to think about this. This whole Falcon wide receiver core is completely different. OZ is the last one standing from the last regime. And like I said, it just screams, it just screams that Kyle Pitts is going to be more used on the outside. So what do you think about that? Because I've seen some people, I've seen um, Keyshawn here say, I was surprised that OZ is wide receiver too. So, what's your take on that? What, what's your take on that? And the, one, and the other thing that we're not realizing too is that all the wide receivers we have have slot experience too. So, you're not going to be necessarily – seeing Drake just on the outside or seeing Kyle just on the outside or seeing Brian Edwards just on the outside. Kadera Hodge is the mere bird. Like, you may see some plays where Drake London's going to be in the slot. He played a lot of slot at USC. A lot of people don't talk about that. But go ahead, Mike. Mute it. You know, uh, you don't realize, but you really just answered my question. How so? You really just answered the question. Um, one, you said Kyle Pitts plays on; he's going to play a lot on the outside. Two, when you look at the, when you look at what. Arthur Smith likes to do. He likes to get the ball out of his quarterback hand pass. That's exactly what Zacchaeus knows how to do. All last year, when you look at Zacchaeus, his strength was those slants, hooks, curl routes. That's what he likes to do. So, you got two guys on the outside and Zacchaeus 
and Kyle Pitts, those guys, for the most part, are going to attack the seams. So what's that's going to leave wide open? You got a big body in the middle. You got two big bodies if they decide to go to two. And then one thing that a lot of people are underestimating is that your boy Brian can actually replace Kyle Pitts in the middle of the field as the tight end. So now you have two big bodies on the inside. Those guys are excellent blockers as well. London and Edwards. So you got the the weakers of the two on the outside as far as the blocking concern, but the big guys, the better wide receivers who are better at blocking Kyle uh, London and Edwards, they're in the middle of the field. So now the defense got a decision to make. Should I double Kyle Pitts, play a little bit off because the kids is a threat to get on the outside, or should I just bring all my guys inside and be see if I can physically match up with London and Edwards? And nine times out of ten, defenses, their defensive backs, their third and fourth, can't do that. They're not able to physically match up with those guys. So the Falcons got a, a, an advantage on the outside of the edge now because now you have Cordero Patterson. Now – you have Tyler all year, and now you have a quarterback that can get outside. So the Falcons could get two to three, about three to five yards a pop just based on how things are stacking up. Fast guys, the bigger guys in the middle that can block, and you can spread them out. Use those uh, four wide sets, and you got the middle of the field wide open because most teams are not going to be able to physically match up with those guys. So the man is just, he's brilliant right now. And that was one of the things last year that the Falcons couldn't do. We couldn't get on the outside. We couldn't get on it. We could not get on the outside. We couldn't make plays on the outside. You already uh, cured that. Mm. And Red Swarm here said Keith Smith at fullback pushes one of our wide receivers down the depth chart. Many NFL teams don't list their fullbacks and their starting personnel. That's because most NFL teams don't have fullbacks. <laughs> and who know, and that, that's just about as real as I can say right there. The average NFL team doesn't really have a fullback. I know last year – Keith Smith wasn't listed as a fullback, but he was more listed as a tight end. Which was a masquerade as him being a fullback. But by listing him as the fullback is kind of letting you know what the mindset of what they want to do this year. Which is unpredictability and physicality. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what the Falcons have been needing. This is where they want to go. This is where they have to go. Because remember, everybody that's watching watching this show knows the new mantra. And shouts out to the OG 
Chauncey for this, the mantra for this season is two and fifteen. Why? Because we've been hearing that whole offseason. We've been hearing since February that this was the worst team in the NFL. Which is perfectly fine by me. Because what ends up happening is that takes all the pressure away from the Falcons. And that throws away all the excuses for every other team that plays them. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Falcons beat the Saints Sunday. Saints ain't got no damn excuses. You're playing against the worst team in the NFL. Regardless if you're missing pieces or not, you should be able to dominate that team. And that plays into the Falcons' advantage. Everybody thinks they're so bad. But and that's 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 the biggest thing too. Like I said before, um, I think the the biggest thing is now you've got those big receivers, man. Like I said, you can turn those guys into tight ends at any given time. They have so much flexibility because. Look at Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is maybe 15, 20 pounds heavier than Drake London. Those guys pretty much the exact same size. You can put them on the outside, have them block down, and based on what the defense does, if they come out in base formations, guess what? The Falcons can have the same personnel on the field and continue to do whatever they need to do as far as, like, um, let's just say they come out in base three, four, Personnel. Falcons got they have Kyle Pitts, they have Drake London, they have uh it was I was about to say Braylon Edwards, but they have Brian Edwards and then you guys the kids. Well, they can easily turn that into like I said, a, a, a 22, 21 personnel. Um, they can turn that into five wides because all those guys have the ability to block, you know, consistently with, with the exception of um, Zacchaeus, but you can turn uh, Kyle Pitts into a fullback. You can, you can play, like I said, you can be in the eye formation. You can be in strong guy, weak guy, because now you got guys when need be to block. And what play callers want is flexibility. They want the flexibility to run whatever personnel that they want. Because you can run a, you can come out and run a a hurry up offense, and all they got is four or five DBs on the field. Guess what? You can condense that, put that 22 personnel, 31, and you, like you said, 13 personnel, and turn around and, and, and bash those guys. You got the physicality now. It's so much you can do with the personnel and these wide receivers. This is why everybody kept talking about these big wide receivers. There's so much you can do with the formations that you couldn't do last year and still keep that explosiveness. Hold on, we can't. Uh, hold on, we can't hear. Hold on. Maybe it's me. Nah, it's me. It's me. 
it's me. So we at like we about 90, 95, 97 people watching. Uh let's go ahead and get about five, about okay, at least over 50 likes. But at the meantime, we're gonna intermission here and I want to definitely go ahead and shout out to J Rock TV. That's the Lord of the Discord. Make sure you hit this link right here and follow our Discord we got going on, which consists of not only just Falcons talk, not only just Atlanta sports talk, but you can talk about any other team you like. We got gaming sections, we got food sections, boxing, soccer, just basically gaming, gaming as well. Like you said. I got the Twitch channel gaming as well. I'm trying to be like my boy Jay Reezy down here. So, hey, if, hey, the, un, the, un, the unholy alliance is gonna be it's gonna be doing some things. We might do them over there just on the Discord. So mm-hmm. you make sure you go ahead and follow that Our Discord. Session, knowing with the guys in there, and you know, last night, you know, sharing their music. Uh, mm-hmm. um, hey man, we 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 got it all. We got it all. So if you guys are interested in uh, joining our Discord, you can just go to your um, app, whether it's uh, uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Apple or Google. Download the Discord app. It's simple as that, and we'll send you an invite. All right. And also, Six Man K Styles has a membership portion on his chat on my channel as well. So, if you want to, I, I suggest you do so. We got special things going on for the members of the Six Man K Styles Experience, aka the K Click. It's always going to be there. So, we right there where we need to be about sixty. Um, mm-hmm. let me let me let y'all get get a little shoulder boggle for a couple more seconds. It's the shoulder, 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 shoulder. All right, as you already know, man, we always like to have fun over here, man. This is what we do, man. This is what we do. Um. <clears throat> Uh, let's go ahead and get to the other portion of the depth chart. And what other portion of the depth chart that we are talking about? The defensive side. Now, as we already see, the defensive starters here will be Grady Jarrett, Anthony Rush, Taquan Graham. Odie Ogundeji, Michael Walker, Rashad Evans, Lorenzo Carter, A.J. Terrell, Richie Grant, Jalen Hawkins, and Casey Hayward. Now, this is pretty much kind of what we have expected. Now, people may be asking the questions like, 
why isn't Deion Jones factored in in these depth charts? Why isn't Jalen Mayfield? We have to remember these guys are on IR. So this is what gives the Falcons the opportunity to have a Abdullah Anderson as a backup, at least for the next four weeks. This is what gave the Falcons an opportunity to bring back Nick Kwiatkowski, mm-hmm. Mike Ford, Dean Marlowe. So, and then by bringing those guys back, um, and I think it was, it might have been Jew that said this on the last heavy hitters last week is bringing back guys that kind of know the system, that knows what the expectation is. Mm-hmm. Um. Ogan Deji and Lorenzo. To me, Ogan Deji, Lorenzo Carter were the obvious choices, especially as starters, because out of the outside linebackers you do have, Ogan Deji is your best edge setter, especially in the run game. Um, as we know, Lorenzo Carter has the experience. But you got guys that are here for specific roles. Like I said, Ogan Daisy, Ed Setter, Lorenzo Carter. He's kind of like a mix, he's mixed bag. He's edge and he has a little bit of rush ability. You got D'Angelo Malone, who's kind of the same thing. He's just a faster version. You got Evan Kenny, who is a bull rush specialist. You got Quentin Bell who's kind of like that bull rush specialist type as well. So the outside linebackers don't surprise me at all. The middle linebackers don't surprise me at all. I mean, this is where the weakness, be honest with you, this is where the weakness of the defense is right now is the interior linebackers as far as pass coverage. From what we've seen, I'm not worried about the secondary because the secondary looks the secondary is that that could possibly be a no fly zone. If done this right, then like I said, looking at the D line, you pretty much, if you actually look at it, the the only pure three tech we have on the defensive line is Grady Jarrett. Everybody else is kind of like that two, that one, that zero. Got some semblance of three tech. So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that defensive side, Mike? Um, No surprises whatsoever. Um, Mm -hmm. But the thing that I think that stands out to me personally is um, Ed Kitty on the same size as it being Ogum Daisy's backup. I think those guys have the perfect um, style. Their style of passing, uh, rushing the passer is almost um, the same, identical. Um, the thing with Ogum Daisy at this point is he's a little bit more fundamentally sound as far as setting the edge. And I think Ed uh, Kitty needs to work on that a bit more. Needs to be. He needs to focus on being a pass rusher, 
And then as the season goes on, he's going to get better setting the edge. Um, Lorenzo Carter, obviously, you look at him, I think he's the guy that is going to set the tone for the edge guys. He's the tone setter for the guy. He's the energy. He's the spark plug. Um, and he's the guy that no one cares about, nobody focuses on, because everybody focuses on a Grady Jerry. Everybody's going to be focused on uh, the younger edge guys and D'Angelo Malone and Andy Kitty. But Lorenzo Carter could be the most dangerous um, piece of the Falcons' defense outside of Deion Jones because now the Falcons have a guy that could possibly sit next to Grady Jarrett in those NASCAR packages where he's looking for the best four pass rushers, Lorenzo Carter, Grady Jarrett, Taquan Graham, and um, uh, uh, Carter. So those are the guys that I think are the best pass rushers for the Atlanta Falcons. And I think that's where the Falcons are going to be. If they're going to be a top five, that's where it's going to start. Take one, Graham, Grady Jarrett, Lorenzo Carter, and Ebikitty. And I think it's very interesting, too, that we normally know Ogan Daisy to kind of be lined up on the outside shoulder of the right tackle. And you kind of said it here as far as him um, using Ebby Katie's explosiveness against that right tackle is very is a very interesting move. You would normally think that you would put him on the weak side as a backup to a Lorenzo Carter and use that bull rush ability against the left tackle. They said they're going to use that athleticism to line him up over the right tackle. I thought that was very interesting to definitely give Edward Kenny an advantage whenever he decides to spell. But let's be real. Let's be real about this. When it comes to them pass rushes, we don't damn know where they're going to line up. <laughs> right. They may switch. They, they, like I said, you, you have one or the other. They may switch sides just like that. Mm-hmm. One one play, you got Ebiketti on the right side. One play, you may have Ogandeji over the left tackle. The next play, they'll swap out. You had D'Angelo Malone, boom. Like, and this and this is the one thing that we are hoping for. And you said it as far as the bookends and the pass rushes. Is we got to protect these middle linebackers. If we're not so sure about them in pass coverage right now, the best way to negate that is to get pressure, is to force errant throws, is is to is to cause confusion. This is how Michael Walker got that pick six against Carolina last year. They caused confusion and they brought pressure. So we got a little space on this defense where a lot of these teams may want to attack, and that's going to be the middle of the field. 
Let's see. Let's see. Well, let's see what y'all say. Nathan Floyd here says no surprise with the defense waiting for Oliver and Jones to return. And for mm-hmm. us looking at the whole Deion Jones and Oliver being on the IR thing, as crazy as this sounds, this is a good thing. You're building on that depth that we've been clamoring for. You get to see what these young guys have. And especially you putting these young guys in a position where the very first game experience and starting is going to be against your arch rival, which means the energy is up there already. And, you know, when the energy is up here, the mistakes got to be down here. So you ain't no other better way to get in your feet wet than playing against the um, Stanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I like that comment right here. D. Coleman saying Michael Walker is definitely going to have to show up. Um, let's go back and look at that too. Let's look at that. Speaking of middle linebackers, what you have here is essentially five guys who want to tap the line of scrimmage, which is good against the run. And as Mike pick up whatever the hill he dropped. <laughs> you could have never kept that to yourself. You know hey, 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 sometimes you drop stuff. Hey, just embarrassing folks in front of a company like that. God damn. <laughs> oh, oh, you better be, hey, hey, be glad I just said to drop something. I, I could, I could be like, Mama, no, 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 but my but though these interior linebackers. So what did you think about that point I made as far as the pass rush and the pressure to protect these interior linebackers that want to attack the line of scrimmage? Also on the linebackers that want to attack the line well the first thing when it comes down to that um i think people got to understand one thing with that and the thing that you're going to see with the atlanta falcons is a lot of uh safeties and dbs coming up backing up coming up backing up what we call the amoeba defense because what you want as a a defensive coordinator is to give the illusion that you're always coming. 
all right, that you're always going to be on the attack. So if you got linebackers that's always going forward and they, that's what they want to do, very seldom you're going to see these guys standing still. So you're going to constantly – you're going to see a lot of movement with the linebackers because you don't want to, you know, give away the coverage for one. Um, and if, even if you give away the coverage, you can, you still have athletic guys as a Lorenzo Carter, uh, Ogun Deji, and those guys on the outside that can end up, um, you know, dropping into those zones. So that's that's the thing with the Atlanta Falcons is that with those linebackers, like a Rashawn Evans, like a uh, Michael Walker, those guys are attacking style. They like to be uh, like. Let's just say it like this: They're not like Dion. Where Dion got great hips and he can, you know, turn direction at any given time. You're not going to see a lot of that. You're going to see a lot of movement to give the illusion that they might hit the B gap, they might hit the C gap, they might hit the A gap. But it's going to be a lot of movement around with Michael Walker and Rayshon Evans because they you don't want to give away where they're going to be attacking. So one uh, one thing, one more thing, is that that guy in the middle, he has to be on point. And that guy in the middle for us is Anthony Rush. He's going to allow these guys to be able to kind of mask what they're doing. Because if you can't mask what you're doing, then that big guy in the middle is getting moved all around, getting tossed here and tossed there, then you can't move your linebackers the way that you want. And you're going to have to, like, do things like overload one side because you got Grady over here. You got guys over here that can't necessarily get um, to the quarterback. And that's what you saw last year with the Falcons. They didn't have guys in the middle that can hold a point, so you had to overload a lot to try to get some pressure. And that's the that's the thing with the Falcons, man. Now you can attack every gap with those guys, and we don't have to overload. That's the biggest thing. Overload is the worst thing that you want from a defense. You never want to overload the offense because if you don't pick up that one block, everybody's screwed on the other side. So now we got balance up front. We got the balance up front. There's nowhere you can just go and say, all right, I'm going to pick on that guy because everybody got their gap. But it's essential that Anthony Rush is good and his backup is equally as good and we know as Abdullah, the butcher. Chop, chop, motherfucker. Chop, chop. Mm-hmm. So if you understand what I'm saying, and Lamey's turn is simple. If Anthony Russ ain't big and fat and he ain't laying in the middle, everybody else going to have some trouble. How about that? Right. He needs to be a Snorlax in the middle of the road. That, that, that's that's <laughs> right. his role. So it's going to force needs- everybody else. <laughs> you need a poke flute to move his ass. That's what Anthony Russ needs to be. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Did I just bring out a Pokemon? A Poke flute. Pokemon, uh, Pokemon reference. <laughs> Lord have mercy, but yeah, y'all know, mm-hmm. y'all know, we some geeks over here, so we we gonna throw every type of reference we can get out here. But um, yeah, Austin Douglas here. So I like D off for that corner. I think he's gonna have a great game. 
And it might be one of those cases where they're going to definitely try him. I don't necessarily know just by that depth chart if he's going to be the nickel or the dime. I'm not sure on how I read that. Let me see. Because you got AJ Terrell. Yeah, nah, nah, he might. They might switch that at the last minute and put Mike Ford behind AJ Terrell. So I don't know necessarily if he's going to be the nickel or dime corner. But you may see him get tried here just a little bit. And I, I think he can. Um, I'm trying to get the right. I'm trying to get the words out. Don't mind me, y'all. I think he could be the right guy for that nickel, that nickel dime. Because they're going to need a playmaker at that spot. And I know Darren Hall can be a playmaker as far as that nickel and dime spot. But, hey, man, it's going to be very interesting to see. The nickel back in our defense is the one that really plays the seams. All right? Mm -hmm. So we're not asking him to cover a lot of ground. That's that's the biggest thing you need to focus on without facts. If you go back in the preseason, Isaiah almost got that interception in, in, in the preseason toward the end. He was playing those seams. Got to have a guy that is good in those short areas. That's what Mike Ford is. When you try, when you get him chasing, you know these DBs, chances are he's gonna get burnt. But when you put him in a short confined area and say, all right. Cover this tight end, cover this back coming out, and tackle well. That's all you're looking for. So you don't – Dean P doesn't give his, his DBs a lot mm-hmm. of assignments. It's usually his linebackers that got the the, the most to do and the, and the defensive front because he wants those guys to be able to two-gap up front and the mm-hmm. linebackers to understand and read when the defensive linemen are two-gapping and which – where they need to go. So I like I said, I know this is a lot of advanced stuff. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people don't know what two gapping means. A lot of people don't know you gotta adjust. This is why he like to adjust his he like to move his linebackers around. So I know people up here saying we got you know the different we only got one linebacker, one true middle linebacker that's not true whatsoever because Dean P's he switches his mics. So you never know. It could be Mike Walker one game that, that's calling the plays, and it could be, you know, Rashawn Evans calling the plays. He has two mics. He likes to move them around according to what the offense is doing. So if the offense is um, they slide in protection to the left side rather than the right side. You know who's going to be the mic? It's going to be the weak side linebacker, the weak inside linebacker that's going to be making the calls, and vice versa for the uh, left side. So. Like I said, man, I know I know there's a lot of information for a lot of people, but he likes and this is why Dean Pease likes to have smart guys. Because you gotta understand what two gapping is, and, and he likes to move his guys around. It's not as simple as people think it is. All right, so I think that I think I think this has definitely been a good conversation, especially on this depth chart. Um, as we already kind of know, special teams. Hold on, let me go ahead and put that out. Let me go ahead and put this up here. So we show special teams some love too. Is mm-hmm. 
Young Way Koo, Bradley Pinion, Leon McCullough. They pretty much Avery Williams just going to be the return guy, the return specialist. Now, we already know what Young Way Koo is. There ain't nothing more need to be said about that. Bradley Pinion just going to have to bring it. Um, <laughs> Liam McCullough, your main job is to just snap the ball. <laughs> 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 Snap the ball. Um, and then like you said, Avery Williams. Um, it's still kind of weird that they had him as the fourth running back on the depth chart, but we still haven't seen anything from him at that spot. Um kind of sounds like it's like a protection spot for him just to be a return specialist. So he's definitely going to have – field position is going to be very key for this team. Field position. So that means Bradley Pinion, if the offense don't do well on the drive, we need you to be pinning guys inside their 20 or close to it. This is why punters are very important in the NFL. Every good team has a punter that flips field position. Do y'all want to go back to um y'all want to go back to what we were? The the Sterling Hoff Richters. The Cam Nazareth. I don't think y'all want to go uh-huh. down that route. So <laughs> so we have high expectations for punters over here because they are very important for defense. They're very important for our defense to give them the confidence. Okay, I'm giving you an opportunity. I'm, I'm giving you. I'm giving you a wide ass gap from where the ball is to the end zone, so you got all this space to protect it. <laughs> Bradley. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That shit is funny. It's kind of weird to see a punt. They getting they getting a long snapper mic'd up. That shit is weird. That, 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 that's a weird concept. But yes, Bradley Pinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Bradley Pinion is going to be very key for this defense as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sterling Hoff right there. Cam, Cam of Nazareth. Yeah, Cam Neasy. Nah. Easy. <laughs> Bubba got said what right there. The best part. Cam Neasy, Mister Sixty Yards or Twenty Seven Yards. It's never in between. <laughs> but that's but yes, that's not good. So, yes, field position, the field position game is going to be very important for this team in order to succeed. We can we we cannot ignore that fact. And if you ignore that fact, you part of the problem on why a lot of people don't really look at all three phases of the game with the same type of mindset. But just wanted to get that out there, give the special teams a little shine. And I saw Bubble Gump said, Snap the damn. 
<laughs> bah! Yeah, that's your job. But um, Mike, you said you had uh, something that you wanted to show the people as far as you had a quote that you oh, want to yeah, share yeah. with the people. Go ahead and bless uh, us with that quote. Okay, this is vital. Um, for not all of the NFL constraints, to be honest, and a great coach once stated, losers assemble in small groups and complain. Winners assemble as a team and find ways to win. Why is this so important? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So before we give the answer, I want to hear what the people have to say. How how do y'all break this down on what he said? So let's go ahead and put some um, waiting on some answers music. I want to get y'all answers on this quote. And if you want me to say it one, want Mike to say it one more time, it basically says losers assemble in small groups and complain. Winners assemble as a team and finds a way to win. What do you think that means? So we're going to go ahead and give you a couple minutes to put your answers down. What do you think about that? Because you also got to remember, we're not just Falcon content creators. We're not just spewing stats, facts, and truth. We're giving you avenues to think about what you say over here. And that is the biggest difference between the Unholy Alliance and everybody else. Everybody look like they they, they scared to answer. That's a dang question. Good God. I, I guess we reckon they brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Keyshawn, Keyshawn, I appreciate it. He got one up. Okay, let's see. Let's see if we can get a couple more before we start reading. Uh-huh. Let's see if we can get a couple more answers. While y'all doing that, y'all make sure y'all go ahead and hit that subscribe button for Six Man K Styles as well as Mad Mike Sports. As Mike is on the road to 10K, I'm on the road to 2K. So let's go ahead and get this thing cracking. All right. I think we got enough answers here. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead and bring this down. Let's see what some of these answers we got here. Oh, Anthony Wright said, what was the question? The question is, what do you make of this quote as far as what is your thoughts on it? As Bill Parcell stated, losers assemble in small groups and complain while winners assemble as team as a team and find ways to win. What do you think he means by that? 
but what are your interpretations of it? Let's see some of these questions. Let's see, let's see, let's see some of these answers. <laughs> King Quest here said the black and mild Twitter versus the real Falcon fans. Hold on. Hold on. Let, 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 let's keep the music playing just a little bit. All right. We kind of get some get some flow to it. So King Quest here says black and mild Twitter versus real Falcon fans. Keyshawn Black here said instead of us complaining about losing let's talk about how we could have won and move on to the next game. I like that. Mm. Raymond Collins said all gotta be together executive coaches team and the fans. One band. One sound. Mm. That's a good one. I guess D. Coleman talking about the beat. It sounds like some DJ Yellow would play on one of those air picks. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course, Noah gonna say country clubs have small groups. (laughs) D. Coleman said, no cliches. We in this together. Coach Unchained says, unity as one. Dame DiBiase said, losers are pessimistic in nature and always think the worst while winners take the optimistic view and find ways to be successful. Mm. I like that one. Big Ed came with winners unify and overcome, losers complain and falter. Prima mm. mm. says, no complaining, just laser focus, winning, period. All right. Let's go ahead and pause that. That was the answers music. So y'all gave us some good thoughts on that, man. That's definitely I pretty much been on the same. Hey, Jamal here said teamwork make the dream work. So that's pretty much what we've been saying. Is that that's pretty much we all kind of in agreement on that. And this is one of the major issues that we see as and like I said, I'm not even just going to blame the fan base. I'm going to blame the I'm, I'm going to put majority of the blame on Falcon Media mm-hmm. because these are the people here that is creating the narrative that people are so stuck on like flies to like 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 rats to glue paper. Mhm. Because we live in a world now where negativity is more is the most popular thing to hear, and positivity. It basically, negativity is good. Positivity is bad. This mm-hmm. is this is this is why we say the mantra for this season is two and fifteen because we have our own media, like you said, the Jeff Schultz of the world, the D-Leds. 
um, the Terrence Moores, these alcoholic, the all these guys over here that are running with the narrative of the negativity because they know that that's what the people here wants. They want the negative news because the Falcons don't have the players they want. Let's just keep it real. Mm-hmm. Now, yesterday, I wonder if anybody remember the sound bite of D lead we had yesterday. Oh, do I need do I need to play it again? <laughs> um, let's see. Well, Raymond Collins his part brought an interest in here. He said. Wait a minute, what is that? Looking and wanting to fail. Yes. We got, like I said, we cannot be following this narrative of, and, and, and let, 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 let's just be honest with you. All this stemmed down to is Arthur Smith and Dean Pease are the coaches that these media people didn't want here in Atlanta. They're not following. They're not following the um, the the program of being happy go lucky and giving you what you want to hear. And they're just basically just being blunt and telling you, "Hey, bro, lead that shit to the other side of the damn tracks." Mm-hmm. And these folks don't like it. Everybody wanted all the media people. Everybody wanted Airbnb enemy and Lewis Reddit down here. That's really what everybody wanted. Hey, people. A lot of times, the things you the things you desire may not be the things you need, and the things you don't want may be the best thing to ever happen to you. Uh-huh. Well, Mike. <laughs> the reason why, or well, one of the reasons why I picked that quote is because Jeff Schultz was asked a simple question which he did not have an answer for. Arthur Smith said, why are you saying this? Do you have a specific uh, development plan example to why you would ask such a question? I was like, all right, why are you saying this? Who had the, you know, like, which team? What player? How did they develop? A Aaron Rodgers, how they develop a Mike Vick, how they develop a you know Steve McNair. Do you have an example? The dude literally had nothing to fall back on. And you guys hear me say all the time: if you have an idea, or we want to draft a guy, 
tell me exactly why, okay? Tell me why you want to draft this guy. Don't say that he just throws the ball deep, all right? We got to explain the, the style of offense you got to play. Is, is he a guy that can play in the West Coast? Is he is, Does he play in the spread? Um, is, is he accurate? You know, those types of things. So if you're going to say certain things, you got to have a plan for him and not just say, all right, I want this guy because I like him. I hear so many people say, I just want C.J. Stroud, but they won't tell me what his strengths and his weaknesses are. That we should draft a, 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 you know, a, um, a, a, a Jermaine Bryce Johnson, Young. you know, a Bryce Young, Bryce, Bryce Young in there. We should draft these guys, but you can't tell me what their strengths and weaknesses are. That's the problem. But you complain about the players that you have that absolutely fit the system perfectly like a Drake London, like a Brian Edwards, like a Tyler Algier that end up getting drafted in the fifth round. So most of the people that are complaining about these guys is what he's talking about. Because when you have a plan, you can speak on all aspects of why I'm putting this guy in this spot, why I'm putting that guy in this spot. All right, who's going to be his backup if he doesn't do this? These are what winners do. Losers talk about how awful a guy is because he didn't get the job done. And they go on Twitter and get in their clicks and they follow certain publications because they have the same thoughts. Oh, he sucked. Oh, you like him too. You don't like him because he sucked. Yeah, let's let's just come together. We're gonna, you know, double team and triple team these guys every time they say something about a a, a, a specific person. Don't have no plan, but all y'all come together just to complain about one particular aspect. Those are the losers that he's talking about. Those are the players that he's talking about. They don't know what system they play bet in. All they know is I want more catches. I want more money. I'm a hold out because I want more money. They don't even know what system they they uh will strive in. This is why Julio Jones failed. He didn't realize that going to Tennessee was gonna be a horrible, horrible example for him. Because guess what? Tennessee don't throw the ball as much as the Atlanta Falcons do. So he's not going to see those types of things. He's not going to see those spread wide, those wide formations. He's going to see everything in condensed area. These are the things that separate winners and losers. Losers complain about not getting the ball. Winners figure out a way they can get the damn ball. There's a major difference. AKA. When we go into these um spaces and these conversations that you may see on these groups in Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, you keep hearing the same thing about this team is not good or we should have drafted this guy, we should have drafted that guy. And 
this team will never succeed because we don't have this element on the team. Mm-hmm. These are the guys that he talking about. This is what Arthur Smith was talking about when he was talking about the Twitter GMs. This is what he was talking about. The people that that are expert online team builders. <laughs> he he shut Jeff, Jeff 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 Schultz was crying in the car after that interview. Mm-hmm. And the bad thing about it was Arthur Smith didn't yell at him. He didn't cuss him out. He just basically said, like, bro, I'm not finna be listening to a bunch of people that think they can do my job better than me. And you ain't even in the same field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People want us to run the damn ball, but they can't even tell you who the best run um, block is on the team. But you want us mm-hmm. to run the ball. You want us to win, or, or you say, or, or, or here's the other favorite one. I'm tired of losing, but never put two and two together on why the Falcons have been losing. Mm. They would never tell you that. Mm-hmm. Why are we losing? The <laughs> easiest target was Matt Ryan. But they would never tell you the the whole operations and the whole essence of why we were losing. It wasn't just on this one guy. They're never going to tell you what the philosophies that changed that made the Falcons become irrelevant. They're not going to tell you the fact that we stopped running the ball and became a passing offense and and, and the balance was gone. The defense didn't get any better. We didn't put guys in the trenches. We didn't have guys in the secondary. We not getting turnovers. We not get. Mm-hmm. We not forcing fumbles. We not getting interceptions. We not scoring. In, they not gonna say that. Mm-hmm. It's just easy to point to one person to put all the that just that they. they you can summarize and like I said, I'm I don't like talking about Matt Ryan right now because he's not a Falcon. I don't give a fuck about him. But because mm-hmm. that that guy is gone, who's the next guy? Mm-hmm. We're talking about Deion Jones now. Deion Jones is next on the chopping block as far as these people's mindsets. But we also got to remember the linebacker that everybody loved in Foyer learned from who? Who took who under the wing to help him get better? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. To be honest with you, and I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna say it like this: Whenever you hear somebody talk like that, I think they missed dead the dead Quinn Thomas Dimitrov era because they catered to a lot of these guys like that. They kind of catered to them. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, I wouldn't say I all the time, but they catered to him a lot. Because remember, the fans wanted Todd Gurley. They gave him Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley didn't really pan out like that. The mm. fan won. The fan won Dante. The fan won Dante Fowler. Mm. They gave him Dante Fowler. He didn't pan out. The fan wanted Stephen Jackson. Mm-hmm. They gave him Stephen Jackson. Didn't pan out. Mm. That's a the fans. The, the fans wanted a more explosive offense. They gave him Calvin Ridley. The Falcons came nowhere near the playoffs throwing the ball 70% of the time. Mm. We don't talk about that. We're not talking about the fact that the Falcons were nowhere near the playoffs after they drafted Calvin Ridley. I want you to put that in your head there for a second. The downfall of the Atlanta Falcons for the last few years is when they got Calvin Ridley. The Falcons hadn't sniffed nowhere near playoff. <laughs> but mm-hmm. this is stuff that we don't talk about. We talk about how bad Deion Jones is, but you notice the energy never goes towards the guys that were actually, actually bad. As a Dante Fowler or Kung Fu mm-hmm. Panda, as we like to call him, Route 96. Yeah. The and the optics. fact that we went through three punters last year, we just forget about that part. Right. So, this is what Parcells talking about a small group, a small group and negativity this is the issue this is this is why they call them the black and mild crowd of the atlanta falcons because mm-hmm. these mother these motherfuckers think out of emotion they don't think with logic i had to do that my i had to do that my job today literally almost crying Because I told him that Michael Vick could have been better than what he was, but he chose not to. And this dude literally damn near wanted to fight me. <laughs> I said, I said, I said, Michael, I said, Michael Vick didn't live up to his potential, and it wasn't just because he didn't have the wide receivers. He had a Pro Bowl offensive mm-hmm. line. This dude literally wanted to fight me. Mm-hmm. I just sat there and laughed at him like, dude, you dude, dude, like, dude, you, you really showing your ass right now. <laughs> oh my goodness. So as I leave off with this, I'm gonna tell you right now, in order for the Falcons to get back to winning football, this is why we say run the damn. Wow. 
doesn't necessarily mean just running the football, but it's about having the mindset of wanting to win at the line of scrimmage. This mm-hmm. is what that means. One more thing. Go ahead. But that was a great, great point by you. And I, I want to end it with this. Don't tell me you want to win, but you can't tell me how. Don't tell me I need some money, but you can't tell me how much money you need. I can't fucking help you. I can't help you if you're not telling me, all right, I'm struggling in this aspect, but you won't get specific in the exact aspect of your life that you're struggling with. Don't tell me, hey, man, you know what, you know what I'm saying? Man, I'm hurting. Where are you hurting at? I'm just hurting. That that's This is what Falcons fans are doing. We need to get better. All right, who we need to get? We need to get Bryce Young. All right, so what about the offensive line? I don't know. What about the running game? I don't know. What about the, what, what, what about the defense? I don't know. What about the secondary? I don't know. What about the head coach? Airbnb. enemy. What about the defensive coordinator? I don't know. What about the, the special teams coach? I don't know. This is the stuff that we're talking about, about the people who are in the lead. They cannot tell you exactly how to put together a team, but we're talking about, oh, we're just, we want to win. Win is the blandest shit you can ever say. I want to win. Well, how do you want to win? You want to air it out or you want to run the ball? Or you want balance? Do you want to, you know, on defense side of the ball? No, I just want to play good defense. Do you want to be a run-stopping team or you just want to be a pass-rushing team? Or you want to be a coverage team? What about the punter? Well, I need a punter that can kick the ball 60, 70 yards. Or do you want one like Bradley Pinion who's more of a, uh, a directional punter. These are the things that we talk about. The, winning is just bland as hell. <laughs> bland, hey, winning hey. is bland as hell, bro. Hey, 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 look, look, all about to say, too, I could sum that up just the, the and mm-hmm. all you said that was good. You just sum it up like this. Do you want to win? <laughs> well, here you go, here you go. Hey, Mike, Mike, I'm going to ask you, do you want to see the Falcons succeed? Of course. How? That's all you got to have right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> and not nobody Man. can, they'll never tell you how they want to do it. But they'll tell you, I don't know, I want that guy. Look, 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 look. hold on. I got to answer this right here. Uh, Michael been getting on my case about this bulldog, <laughs> this, this yellow, this yellow jacket damn game I, I saw yesterday. He said, are you a bulldog? I'm going to tell y'all right now, I will never Ever, 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 get away from the yellow jackets. He won't trust me. I never will. It's too easy to be a bulldog fan for one thing, and second of all, I don't jump bandwagons just because people are winning. 
If I had a choice to be a fan of another team, I probably wouldn't be. I can't do it. <laughs> I'd rather look, I'd rather be in my crew of six yellow jacket fans in the state of Georgia. I'm cool over there. I can't I don't do understand it. why I can't support both. Like I support both. Why why we gotta choose and what who 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 we because I got yellow jacket flip flops. I got yellow jackets. I got yellow jackets. I, I got bulldog stuff. I got all of it. Why I can't have every? Why I can't have both? If that's what you want, you support them. But like I said, I, I don't. I, hey man, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Hey, rather it be four fans or rather be be the last one left in the state of Georgia. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Right. <laughs> Because the best Tech played a good game, though. I ain't gonna lie to you. You mean Tech's defense played a good game? We're not gonna talk about defense. Yeah, hold on. I'm finna end on this rant right here. Hold on. (laughs) Oh, I mean, bro, that that was some of the most ass backwards offensive line play I think I have ever seen Tech play and I've seen bad teams. They, they looked horrified last night. You got offensive linemen jogging on screens. Bruh. Mike almost had a damn so mad. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> like, dude. Clemson, Clemson, even though Clemson won 41 to 10, they did not play good. Mm-mm. They did not play good. Two block punts. <laughs> and DJ Yungalaleli, no, he ain't it. That man only got one eye. <laughs> and it goes to the right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but I'm gonna sum it up. I'm gonna sum it up. Last night it was just a bunch of coaching errors. It was it was just bad play callers. All of, like I said, the, the the defense was in the backfield the whole goddamn night. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't do. They couldn't do it anymore. And this is why I say, man, Jeff Collins, man, this is a make or break year for him. And that was not a good showing last night, man. The, the misuse of timeouts. The um, it, it 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 just set a bad energy for that team for the Yellow Jackets. But I know for a fact that my defense, my defense ain't scared. That I'm, I'm glad to see they weren't scared. But boy, that offensive play caller was so scary, bro. Them them of us was scared to call shit, bro. Man, you can't call a play. <laughs> you can't. You can't come off the bat with a play action pass. You haven't even established a run to do it. <laughs> Bruh, I'm like, what are we doing, bro? I saw a better play calling in that Georgia Oregon game from Oregon than I saw from us. 
Bro, I, I was like, what the heck it was that? Like, you killed his confidence right off the bat doing that. Like, what? what? <sighs> yeah. So that's some 1960 call and play call. <laughs> so oh, yeah, we got we got we got a yeah we got a we got a ways to go. Um, it's got to be some consistency on that offense, man. They just got to figure out, man. That offensive line just looked horrible. We got three transfers from other schools. And these <laughs> motherfuckers look like they played at um at Clayton State University football team. This is how bad it looks. And Clayton State don't even have a football team. <laughs> Franklin looked horrible. Bro, how the hell do you get eight? Eight false start calls and three in a row. How the hell bro, did that I, happen? <laughs> I was screaming that. I'm like, bro, what are we doing, bro? What are we doing and, here? And like I said, P, this is my team, but I can be critiqueful of my team. We we look horrible on off. Jeff Sam played as well as he could play outside of that interception but outside of mm-hmm. interception he he played pretty well it was still kind of on the gunshot side of the game but as you saw later in the game it was starting to get more confident yeah and then them screen pads like i said franklin bro you need you need to sit your goofy ass down for, for, for that effort bro i'm i'm, I'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry whoever the hell this number 72 center franklin like i said You, you got to sit your goofy head down, boy, because I, I they, they there was literally two screens that could have went for at least 20-plus yards. All the center mm-hmm. had to do was just get a block. This motherfucker, oh, he got no five thing. yards. No <sighs> I'm cool. <laughs> That's exactly what he looked like doing that, too. But. But we got a long way to go. It is what it is. But that's the one thing that I do love about being a Tech fan as well is – you can't say you can't call no you can't call a tech fan a bandwagon a bandwagon person That's a bandwagon sure. fans you can't call them that it's only five of us it's only five or four of us but you can't call us bandwagons around here. Good think about it like this: the Braves the Braves were bottom feeders for a while too. Mm-hmm. But. Is that speedy receivers? And the problem with the receivers, too, the receivers couldn't catch a cold. Right. <laughs> bruh. They dropping <laughs> green pass. Is bruh, you might as well catch a damn volleyball. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it was like trying to catch a damn volleyball. How hard can it be to catch a volleyball? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A damn so balloon. It, yeah, like 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 somebody put somebody had put it best. The moment was too big for him. It mm-hmm. showed. Yeah. Defense, they came. They they the defense wanted the smoke. The offense, the off the offense, it was just too big for him. It is what it is. No like I said, they ain't want they ain't want no parts of Clemson. But hey man, it's just game one. Um, like I said. We got to get at least to a bowl game this year. Uh, Jeff Collins' ass going to be uh, working at Waffle House as much as he got them promoted. He going to be working at Waffle House. <laughs> at least get him to a bowl game this year. It could, it could be the, it could be the, um, the Burger King Bowl for all I care. Uh, 
<laughs> so, so like I said, we're gonna go ahead and wind it down for the night. Um, I just had to get that out the way. So no for no, I ain't running from it. Mm, oh yeah. We don't, we do don't run from here. we don't run from it over here, but we 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 if we want the smoke, we gonna get the smoke. So let's go ahead and wind it down for tonight. Let's go ahead and set this right. So we definitely appreciate everybody tuning in to the six man combo tonight, man. Um we appreciate uh, let me say this again we appreciate everybody that continues to support all of us around here six man k styles mad might sports jew talk sports atlanta falcon nation the unholy alliance feline sports we show appreciation to everybody because we always say it it's not about us it is about y'all as well So, stay tuned tomorrow because the heavy hitters is coming is coming to town, and we're gonna give you our three keys to victory, mm-hmm. as well as. We're going to switch it up. We're going to do something different this year. Instead of giving you the three keys for the other team, we're going to talk about the matchup to watch. So, until next time, people, we ain't here to play. No, no. We here to stay. You ain't got to go home. No, baby. But you got to get the hell up out of here. Deuces. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.